Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Tribune Audio Network. The Cities with Jim Mertens, a production of WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region, a podcast in partnership with WQAD. What's going on in the Quad Cities? Activities, events, fun, politics, sports, local issues and opinions. And now, your host, Jim Mertens. I'm Jim Mertens. Welcome to the Cities. The Democratic supermajority in Springfield flexed its muscles this year. It comes after four years of fighting between a Democratic legislature and a Republican governor, and then really a contentious relationship between Democratic Governor Pat Quinn and Majority Leader Mike Madigan before that. What resulted this year was a much more liberal social agenda and a chance for Democratic ideas for taxing and spending to become law. One thing both sides of the political aisle can agree on, there's a lot to talk about. And joining us was State Representative Tony McCombie, who serves the eastern Quad Cities and areas to the north like Savannah. And Democratic State Representative Mike Halpin, who serves the western Quad Cities and much of Rock Island County. They both joined us to talk about the 101st session of the Illinois legislature. One party rule as a Republican, did you have any input or were you pretty much always in the passenger seat? <laughs> well, your opening said it all. Uh, tax spend, a lot of uh, flexing of muscles. Uh, Sorry, Mike. Uh, no, it, it was a, a very busy session, uh, very fast, uh, a, a big agenda. Uh, so it really not a lot of input. Uh, we just uh, held on. Is there anything in particular from this session that you do like? Oh, well, I will say I was very happy uh, that the House embraced um, Pam Knight's bill with the DCFS bill. Right, uh, we had, been pushing. Yeah, it was unanimous and we had over 70 sponsors and the folks that were against it last year actually were sponsors of the bill this year. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and once again, this is protection for uh, social service workers? Uh, yeah, and the Department of Aging. So, mm -hmm. But it did get stalled in the Senate for the same reasons again, uh, whether or not you know you considered an enhancement of penalties. So, um, But I was really happy for the family on that score and we'll just fight for it again. Um, but that, that was yeah. a good thing for the House. Representative Halpin, this was a huge Democratic majority in the House, the Senate, the Governor's Mansion as well. Everybody in the Democratic Party seemed to be playing well together. This is truly a Democratic agenda. It is, although I would point out that much of the agenda you're referring to actually had bipartisan support. Um, even things like the legalization of adult use cannabis drew some uh, Republican votes on both sides of the aisle. and. Uh, I think I would have to disagree that there wasn't input given. Uh, if you look at if you look at the votes, there had to be buy-in from the Republican caucuses to support much of this uh, agenda. 
time and time again, and it doesn't even matter what state it is, it always seemed like the budget issues, the tax issues, are of course the 11th hour deals. They, they, they come to the uh, lawmakers at the very last moment, one might say that they didn't get a chance to scrutinize the whole thing. That was almost business as usual in Illinois once again. Yeah, although I, I, I would disagree somewhat because you, you spend the entire five months introducing your, your priorities as a legislator, what you want to be able to, to spend money on, what programs you think work. And over the course of the five months, all those bills go into the hopper, and then the, the, the process, at least in the House, I can't speak for the Senate, is that we have working groups uh, along the five different areas of uh, state government, and they work out those details. And, and far f uh, we have to trust the folks that we appoint to be in those working groups, that they're going to come back to us and let us know what's in the bill. Uh, and then we also have the opportunity to read through as much of it as we can. And so that's what... It, it, it's from the outside it seems like everything is done more quickly than it actually is and uh, I was pretty confident that I knew ahead of time what was going to be included and what wasn't. I take it you would disagree with that because you did not know necessarily what was all in there. Yeah and, and on the recreational marijuana we had two Republicans on the bill and on the budget we had a structured roll call and there was 10 Republicans and there was 20 Republicans on the vertical and horizontal bills. It was all structured, it was all negotiated um, the day, the last day of session. Uh, there was some negotiations, uh, there was some great business reforms and there were some great things that were um, um, that cost uh, some votes. So yeah, it's certainly negotiated, uh, but there certainly was, uh, we, he's right, we do have the working groups and, and those folks, especially uh, those representatives that took those votes, um, knew more about the, those, org those working groups. Um, but uh, even the vertical, um, which ended up being a huge bill encompassing the sports betting mm -hmm. um, and the expansion of gambling, which we thought were gonna be individual bills, um, I, I think those that was a pretty big bill, and we didn't even really have that until we started or started debating that on the floor. So that was that was kind of a, a, a big bill to all of a sudden just drop. As a Republican, I mean, you know that J.B. Pritzker had campaigned on all these things. So I mean, the fact that these were introduced in the legislature should not have been that big of a surprise. Oh no, it wasn't a surprise at all. Uh, we just really uh, didn't think um, that the the House and the Senate was going to be so open and, and embrace every single thing, um, plus so much more. And that's absolutely true, uh, Representative Halpin. I mean, let's start with the graduated tax. I mean, that was something that uh, Governor Pritzker had really pushed for. Democrats were looking for a change in the way it taxes its citizens. Of course, this doesn't mean it's going to occur. We're still waiting for a refer referendum vote in 2020. That's right, yeah, we'll have an opportunity to make our voice heard. Uh, I obviously support the plan. I think we need to reverse uh, a couple of decades where the wealthy in this state aren't paying uh, nearly as much as an effective rate as some people in, the, in our poorest communities. If you look at the overall burden, state and local taxes, the poorest 20% of people pay almost 15% of their income in state and local taxes, while the top 1% pay just over 7%. So we effectively have a graduated tax here in the state of Illinois, except it's upside down. Well, and, and I know that you've been, you know, against this because you're seeing it as, I mean, it's, it's not clear that there wouldn't be other tax increases for so many of Illinois citizens. Well, and now ethically, we really can't go too crazy on it, um, but we can say how we voted, and, and I voted against it, um, as you're aware. But my thought is, is they say 97% aren't going to see um, uh, an increase, and that, that would be accurate if that was the rate, but the rate is not in the question. 
um, in November of 2020. And if you really want to help the poor and, and the, the lower um, brackets, then why are we only decreasing that to 4.75? If someone's making only $10,000, why are we having uh, an income tax on them at all? Is, is my question. And the other thing uh, that one of the representatives on the floor during um, the committee and debate brought up, what happens if there's a re uh, recession? And uh, what happens if the, the rich do lose money and they can't? The, the, the thing is, is the state as a whole, if you have 118 in the House, the state as a whole, yes, we can increase taxes on, on the state, but it's a lot harder to get 118 to buy in on an entire state compared to if you are taking portions of the state um, and doing it, it's a lot easier. And who's to say that it's only going to be three or four brackets? You could, you could do multiple. Uh, and that's really the question. And, and so my question is to people that I speak to, if you trust us, vote for it. If you don't, don't. Well, I'd have to push back in, the, in that the, the rates aren't in the question, but we have passed the rates. The rates are going to be on the books if this uh, ballot question passes. I think that was an important part of the transparency of what we're intending to do with this change. And I think people deserve to, to know what our plan was going forward. Um, I, I think a lot of the concerns that uh, some opponents are raising are concerns that apply right now with a flat income tax system. Theoretically, if we needed to change the rates, we could change the rates tomorrow uh, without any issue other than determining whether we really need to do it. Um, I think the way this question is framed and the process that we went through to get it done and the process we're going to go through over the next 18 months as this question comes to the ballot um, demonstrates that we've thought seriously about it and it's something that we seriously need to consider. And you have argued for property tax relief. Do you think that this is a possible way to get that? No. Uh, you know, you, you, everyone talks about Illinois being a regressive. Um, our whole tax system is a regressive. Well, this is the one tax, our income tax is the one that is not regressive. So why are we fiddling with that? Uh, we just passed a regressive, increased regressive taxes with cigarettes, with gas. We've, we've just done that. Um, so if we're not going to be, you know, hurting the middle class, then why are we raising the, the taxes that are regressive? Uh, the best way, and I think almost everybody will agree, the best way to, to lower our, our property taxes is to fund our schools. And we have taken um, some serious steps with that of changing how the evidence-based funding model, that was our first year, and adding right. um, over the last three years, $350 million, and another $350 million, and now $375 million. So we are getting there. Um, so hopefully the schools will start seeing some of that relief. But there again, we also continue as a state to put mandate on mandate on mandate that is unfunded on our schools rather than letting our local school districts decide what is most important for them. One last question. I know that you've already held uh, town hall meetings uh, uh, talking mm -hmm. about the tax changes. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've heard from your constituents. Is, is this one of those things that you do welcome the referendum, though? I mean, you do want to hear from the citizens in November of 2020 to find out? Yeah, and I, I would also like to see uh, the fair maps on the Constitution on the, for a constitutional question and as I well. I do want to get that to, to that as well. So as long as you introduce that, I mean, we, we've been talking about uh, changes in gerrymandering. That was one one of the big things that didn't pass in this legislature. Yeah, and I think, you know, as the as we get closer when the census reports come in, we'll have a better idea of, of, of what and how uh, the maps actually need to, to change. I'm looking forward to that uh, process, but no, we're not certainly not there yet. But that's not really, I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that's not really the point is waiting for the census. It's more how it's divided, not mm -hmm how it's divided, I say, you know. It's, it's not necessarily how the lines are sure. going, but who determines those lines. That seems to be the biggest point. And you don't need a census for that. No, no, but I think that the, the, the governor has, has made a commitment to draw fair maps, and I, I, you know, I take him at his word. It's something I support, and uh, as we get closer to that time, we'll, 
have an opportunity to test that promise. We haven't talked about taxes. We we're talking about individuals. You got to talk about business as well and the business climate for Illinois. Do you think that's changing for the worse for businesses because now there's corporate board representation that uh, that the legislature has uh, discussed uh, implementing that they are saying, well, wait a second, we want uh, a more expansive uh, corporate boards. Are you a little worried about the way uh, Illinois is treating its companies? Um, actually, that particular bill was fixed um, by Representative right. Welch, um, so that piece I, I'm not concerned about. Um, but no, I don't think we've been b business friendly at all. Uh, we've seen an increase of the, the $15 an hour minimum wage. Not that I don't believe that an increase shouldn't have happened, because I do. Um, but to make it $15 across the board certainly uh, is not going to be uh, appropriate for our region. Uh, and is going to hurt small businesses. It's going to also hurt our seniors. It's going to hurt our, our nursing homes. It's going to hurt a, a, our schools. Uh, so certainly it, that's going to be a big piece. Uh, still nothing to um, help with workers' comp um, reform that's going to put us more in line with our, our neighbors here in Iowa um, to do still nothing with property tax. You know, they, the talk about fair tax or graduated tax, progressive tax, however you want to talk about it, is because we have these structural issues. Well, then let's do some structural reforms. And we could be doing that right now without having to change how we're setting up our tax system or, or adding taxes, more taxes onto folks. And we're not doing that, and we could do that. Um, so no, I don't think we're doing anything really. We do have some in this budget. There was some um, things that the previous administration could not get done. And um, certainly our leadership was able to stop some additional taxes and put some business uh, reforms in place um, that were carried over from last year. And that's great. And those, those things will help, um, especially local businesses like John Deere right here and even some, small, some of our smaller manufacturers um, and some of our smaller businesses. But it's certainly not enough to make us competitive, I, I don't believe. Do you see well, that as well? I mean, when you compare it to other Midwestern states? No, absolutely not. I think Illinois has a lot going for it when it comes to infrastructure, although we have to reverse some of the more recent trends in our roads and bridges and uh, water, sewer, everything down the line. But I would say that a lot of the, the gains that Republicans made this session is because Democrats have been willing to work with Republicans and vice versa, which is something we didn't see for the four years under Governor Rauner. And I think that kind of collaboration uh, is important to the future of the state. I think the mere fact that we're able to pass now three uh, budgets in a row um, does a lot for businesses to actually be able to plan ahead. They, they know what the rates are going to be, they know what the, uh, the, the, the rules of the game are going to be going forward. And I think we've already seen that uh, over the past couple of years as our uh, uh, income tax receipts and everything ha have gone up. We've uh, put ourselves in a position where we can actually you know, continue to move forward. And I, we talk about workers' comp, the workers' comp does not add a penny uh, to uh, the actual state budget. And for, I think, three or four years in a row, the, the National uh, Commission on uh, Compensation Insurance has recommended that insurers lower their rates here in the state of Illinois, and they continue to refuse to do so. Um, that's not an issue where uh, the state needs further reform. We cut benefits for workers, for attorneys, for doctors. Everyone has taken a haircut except the insurance companies. And so if we need to address it, we, we tried to do it under uh, Governor Rauner, and he wanted nothing to do with it. You touched upon it. I, I, I'm sorry. You obviously want to have a... I, I told you I was spicy today. We are arguing today a little bit. Right. No, I, I, I strongly disagree. And I, I feel like even um, the, our first year the, the, for our first budget uh, certainly was um, 
challenging. Last year, I felt the process for the budget was a lot better, especially with our budgeteers. I felt like we had more impact. This year, we were not, we were not brought in. Our budgeteer was brought in two days beforehand. Uh, so I, I strongly disagree that we were more a part of that. We were a part of the negotiations and we point blank said we are not going to put one Republican on this budget unless you, see, you hear our reforms. And it literally was in the last hours. It was the last hours that that happened. Um, and I don't, I don't know if that's, if that's right or wrong. It doesn't seem very transparent and it doesn't certainly seem very fair. The bottom line is we got them and they're going to help. And I do believe having three budgets in a, in a row is certainly helpful. Um, and certainly does help with the stability, but um, we cannot have, you cannot have uh, one party rule and have it be fair for the entire state. It just cannot, not at this expanse. The, the problem is I don't have a, an issue if it's, if it's Dems, Dems in control or Republicans in control, but when you have this far of a spread mm -hmm. with us only having 44 Republicans in comparison to the, to the Democrats, the conversations don't have to happen. They just don't, and in some cases they're not, and that's where really the problem is. And that doesn't happen. I mean, I'm we're, I'm lucky. I feel that we in the Quad Cities, I feel very open to Mike. We're, we have very good conversations. Um, we have very good debates back and forth, and I feel we're very fair. He's very, even though he doesn't represent Savannah, he, he, he thinks about Savannah, and I appreciate that, and, and, and I appreciate, and he asks me about areas that he represents, so I feel lucky, but we certainly disagree on a, lo a lot of the, the processes and certainly the ideas. One area that, that there was a bipartisan agreement is, of course, getting some kind of an infrastructure bill uh, passed through Springfield, which is something the federal government hasn't been able to do. How critically important is that? I mean, for Savannah, for the Quad Cities, I know for Chicago as well, but the entire state, an infrastructure bill really can make a difference. Well, it's been years since there's been a capital, a horizontal being roads and bridges and vertical, and I voted against both of those, and that, that was tough. Uh, talk about bullying, uh, people wanting you to vote, uh, both the, the, our senator and, and Representative Halpin both voted for them, and so of course they want all of us on those. Uh, I certainly couldn't do that. Uh, one of the things for me uh, with the gas tax, uh, the biggest part of our budget would have been the rail, and I've been supportive of the rail the entire time, but for me to put a gas tax on the constituents, uh, and still have Route 64, Route 30, 78, and 2 still be a nightmare, um, it, my constituents would have been in an uproar. Uh, I feel that us having the additional with the sales tax, and I know that's going to be transferred over over a period of time, and I know that uh, that is going to be helpful as well, but I feel it's a double tax. I, the overall impact being about $96 or $100 per person, um, but it's just right now whether or not you trust your government and whether or not uh, the definition of transportation is going to say the same. Right. Um, it, I don't think we've earned that trust yet from folks. And I also feel that both of those bills don't necessarily have just critical. Um, there's fluff there, and I don't think today we can afford fluff. So I don't think $45 billion is where we should be on, a, on an infrastructure plan. It is a massive uh, uh, bill. Yep. And I just want to be clear, I, I don't think I was doing any bullying. No, was, no I mean, you weren't. He wasn't. I don't want to get the wrong No, the wrong no, 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 he so. wasn't. He was um, not. But the bills themselves are, 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 are very important. And you know, I disagree about how much uh, fluff of there may be. Of course you do. But I, I think the, the general understanding of the public is that our roads are suffering. Mm -hmm. I, I hear it every day. I've been on track trying to get uh, Department of Transportation to take a serious look at Andalusia Road, which uh, is, is, I think, an accident 
waiting to happen. Um, and that's not going to get done unless we pass uh, an infrastructure bill like this. Now, in a perfect world, we would be doing uh, a yearly capital plan and not waiting once a decade to try to do something this large. Uh, and I hope that as we get you know, back in the, the groove of passing budgets and, and being able to, to balance those budgets that we're able to do this on an annual basis and not, not fall so far behind. We just have a few moments left, but I really want to get to the social issues because it's amazing how transformative they are for Illinois, whether it's abortion protection, legalization of, uh, uh, of uh, recreational marijuana, or even an expansion of uh, gambling in the state. This was an amazing session. Yeah, I think um, uh, the adult use cannabis has uh, has a uh, it's going to have a gr good impact on this, this area. This is something we didn't even see four years ago as being no. a possibility in Illinois. I mean, well, the pendulum swing has been pretty quick. Yeah, and I remember uh, uh, myself being here talking to you, Jim, uh, having not really talked to my constituents about it yet. You know, I had you know my own personal opinion, but the the uh, the goal of being a representative is to find out what uh, constituents want to see done, and over the course of you know, this two and a half years, um, there, there's been a, a groundswell of support here in the community for it. And so that's uh, one of those issues I came around on. Um, and I think on some of these other issues, it's been, you know, four years under uh, a governor that wasn't really willing to engage on these issues. And uh, elections can make a difference. Talk about the social issues, the abortion protection, the, uh, the uh, legalization of, uh, of recreational marijuana. Like we were saying, four years ago, these things weren't expected to be passed. Yeah, and we were just, I was at an appointment earlier, and we were talking about the, the medical and the recreational. And, and you know, where, no matter where you are in the state, if you ask point blank whether or not to legalize it, it's, it, it, it's yes or no, 50-50, I would say. But if you break it down, it's in, even in the most conservative, it's like 33 yes, 33 no, 33 unknown. It's really in the detail of the bills. And I don't really care what you do in your backyard or your home. Um, I personally was against the structure of the bill, and I think, unfortunately, we're going to find ourselves in a position maybe five years, ten years down the road that we're um, going to be in a, in, in a kind of in a pickle. Um, the medical marijuana, I, f I feel that, that that has been a, a program that has worked very well and we've just, we also just passed a bill to make that permanent and expand um, some more ailments on that and I think that is a, is a great thing. Um, as for the, uh, the abortion bill, my understanding that got signed this morning and uh, I, I feel that the, the public really was um, misled and I'm going to assume we're going to disagree but maybe he won't even touch it. Um, the, the representative selling it uh, to the public was that it's going to codify uh, current law and that's not the case. If you're going to codify current law, you're not going to change definitions of viability. You're not going to change definitions of um, medical standards. You're, you're not going to change definitions at all. And I, I understand the, um, the, how the other states are really polarizing this issue and, and if, if, if it is reversed federally, it, we still have state rights and this is Illinois. Um, this bill was not about taking uh, abortion away. It was legal before, so anybody voted no, it was still going to be legal. This is about whether or not expansion. And do I think doctors are, are you know, doing late-term abortions? Uh, I would say the rule, absolutely not. Um, but I also don't believe that a woman uh, who has to, unfortunately, uh, for her health or the baby's health at 30 weeks, I don't consider that an abortion. And I know by technical terms it is. 
Um, that's not what we're talking about here. Um, so unfortunately, I, I think it is an expansion. I also don't think it should be mandated for taxpayers to pay for choice. And I also don't think that we as a state should have mandated private insurers to pay for it either. Uh, I, I do not believe that that is fair. That's Illinois State Representative Tony McCombie, Republican of Savannah, and State Representative Mike Halpin, Democrat of Rock Island. The legislature actually meets again this fall for what's called a veto session. If there are bills the governor vetoes, they will face override votes by lawmakers, and that's the opportunity for that to take place. Thanks for listening to The Cities with Jim Mertens. And watch The Cities Thursday nights at 7, Sunday afternoon at 4, and Monday night at 6 on WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region. Tribune Audio Network.